Hey folks, welcome back to another edition of Fire and Ice Sports. As always, I am your resident fire, Mr. Evan Smoke, fourth year at the University of Georgia, and three hours southeast of me in the lovely city of Statesboro, Georgia, is the local ice, Mr. Bryson Wheeler. Bryson, how are you recovering after one of the better weekends of football we've seen in a long time? Yeah, it was great. Watched football all day Saturday, had some good NFL games on Sunday. Looking forward to another great week this upcoming week. But Noah is sitting here in front of me, and he has a trivia question for us. So, Noah, hit us with it. Yes. Uh, so, B. John Robinson is the favorite to win Offense Player of the Year. Who was the last player from the NFC South to win Offense Player of the Year? Cam Newton? No. Uh, I don't know. Yeah, you do. Alvin Kamara. That's it. I had. I mean, I was just having every good player come through my name: McCaffrey, you know, all them. But okay, yeah. Let's uh, move on to some college. No, with that being get into the NFL. And first game I want to talk about was the biggest game of the weekend, and. It had so big playoff implications, and it was the Ohio State-Notre Dame game. And this win, not for certain gave the winning team a chance to lose, but most likely gave the whoever won this game a chance to drop a game and still make the playoffs. And Ohio State pulls this one out at the last second, 17-14. It was a great win over a very good Notre Dame team on the road. Kyle McCord threw for 240. Did not have a touchdown, but Travion Henderson helped with that on the run game, running for 104 and a touchdown. Chip, Chip Trainum had the game-winning touchdown on the last play, ultimately, of the game. Mika Buka had a great game. You saw Marvin Harrison Jr. get rolled up on, but he is apparently okay. And on the other side of the ball, Sam Hartman was held a little quiet, threw for 175 and a touchdown. Aldrick Estime had 70 yards on the ground. They had 176 on the ground as a team. Props to Notre Dame, you know, they put up a good fight, but Ohio State ultimately pulled this one out, and it was a huge, huge win that maybe it lets them drop the game to Michigan and still make the playoffs. Who knows? they got a lot of football ahead, but what were your thoughts on this huge game? I mean, it was a very low-scoring, defensive-minded game. The Both quarterbacks looked a little worse than I thought they would. Expected more of a high-scoring game, I guess to say the least, but I guess the big thing I really take away from this game is regardless of the outcome, I, I don't think Ohio State's going to be that competitive. I think they were very lucky to win this game, and I think this Notre Dame team is the better team overall. And I know that's a really crappy argument to make when Ohio State won on the field, but I think if you play that game over and over and over again, Notre Dame wins that game multiple, multiple more times than Ohio State does. I think that Ohio State team is competitive. They're going to have a great matchup with Penn State later in the season. They're going to have a great matchup versus Michigan later in the season. But Notre Dame's also got time, you know, to rebuild their schedule with USC later in the year and Clemson. But I, I think at the end of the day, I, I would still take that Notre Dame team to win multiple, multiple times over the Buckeyes. Yeah, I mean, I can kind of agree with that. And like you said – Ohio State just doesn't seem that competitive right now. And I have them ranked all the way down at number seven right now. Notre Dame just behind them at eight. But, you know, people are ranking them number one. And I just – I don't know what people have seen on the field to make them think that this Ohio State team is one of – you know, like last year's team that was just so explosive on offense. I mean, 
I think they can come into that. I think Kyle McCord needs to step his game up. I think they have all the pieces to be that great national championship team. But it's ultimately Kyle McCord has to pick up his game. And, you know, Notre Dame, on the other hand, they have a huge game against USC in a couple of weeks. If they can win that one, they are right back in the playoff picture. Both of these teams are good teams if they want to get in the playoffs. Let's move on. Yeah. Up. Or, go ahead. I was going to say, yeah, absolutely. Okay, well, uh, the next Oregon pummels Colorado at home. You know, this was the first disappointment we've had out of Colorado this year, their first loss, and they got absolutely throttled by 36. Shador Sanders was held very quiet, especially in the first half, got a little bit of garbage time passing yards, but this offense could not get anything going, even on the ground game. They ran for 40 yards total on 25 carries. On the other side of the ball, this Oregon offense was explosive as ever. Bo Nix threw for 276 and three touchdowns. Bucky Irvin had 89 yards on the ground on only 10 carries. Jordan James had 54. Noah Whittington had 45 as they ran for 245 as a team. Troy Franklin had an absolute great day at receiver, eight for 126 and two touchdowns. This Oregon team is looking very good, very dangerous. The whole Pac-12 is, and we'll start talking about them more and more as this show goes on. But, you know, props to Oregon as somebody finally dethroned Colorado. What were your thoughts on this one? It was about time. I was tired of the media carousel and the circus that came around Colorado. And and I want and I want to say I'm not a Deion Sanders hater. I think the job he has done in Boulder this year is nothing yet, nothing less of spectacular. And that team is going to make a bowl game. They're going to be sneaky competitive. And and like I'm not arguing. And from years down the line, Colorado could be a national powerhouse. The way that Deion Sanders is going to be able to control and attract talent. But this team this year was never that good. They never deserved to have game day twice. They never deserved to have all this attention. And we both said here last week, I said on my radio show last week, of, you know, I said it over and over again. This team was going to get, to use a quote that a coach used, boat raced by Oregon. And Dan Landing and the Ducks did just that. It was not shocking. It was not surprising. And I expect a similar result when they go to Los Angeles or when they host USC this weekend. Yeah, and we'll talk about that game in a little bit. I have the same idea as you probably. Let's move on. Alabama finally has a big win on the season where they look good against Ole Miss at home. They win by 14. And, you know, Jalen Milrose still did not look the best passing the ball. He was 17 of 21, did have a touchdown, but also had an interception that was just mind-boggling. Mind-boggling. You're like, where is he throwing the ball? Jason McClellan – Ran for 105 and a touchdown, had a great game. Um, on the other side, Ole Miss, in the first half, they got a little bit going on offense, not too much start through for 244 and an interception. But they never got one game going. And we've just seen Quinshawn Jenkins not quite be that back that we saw last year. And I think that's the reason Ole Miss is not quite having the success offensively we were expecting. And, you know, I think – this game was more of a Ole Miss is not quite the team that we thought they were than Bama is back. You know, people were saying that they saw the Bama physicality we're used to and all this and that, and I didn't really see that this weekend. Now, I will say one thing. Alabama has one of the best secondaries I've seen in college football in a really long time. Terry on Arnold, a sophomore, is playing absolutely phenomenal ball. Caleb Downs at safety, true freshman, is playing great. And then they have a top-ten draft pick in Kool-Aid McKinstry. 
and they have Malachi Moore. They have so many other guys in this secondary that are just absolute dogs. And I don't think they've lost a step in that respect of on their defense. But I, I think it's more of a Ole Miss is not quite who we thought they were than Alabama's back. What are your thoughts on it? Absolutely. I've got to agree with what you just said. I, I think this was a more Ole Miss is not the talent we thought they would be versus the Alabama's back. And, and I think we both would have kind of expected that if, if we told you a week ago Alabama wins at 14 and they never really, you know, feel like they were out of control of this game, you would expect a, a save and get back game. And that's kind of what we called it last week. I mean, it just didn't feel that way. I mean, it felt like Lane Kiffin had opportunities. Ole Miss had opportunities that they just didn't convert or they – or they ran away with or ran away from, I guess would be the better way to say it. Alabama was just the better team, and I don't know if it was because they imposed their will more than Ole Miss didn't at all. Yeah. All right, well, let's move on to the fun noon kickoff that we had, and it was FSU survives on the road in overtime against Clemson. And, you know, Clemson actually looked like a team that had a little bit of pulse even on offense this week, and that's something we – Hadn't seen for yet. FSU on the other side, though, this is two straight weeks that we've seen them struggle a little bit, and they could just not get anything running, anything on the ground game. Trey Benson has seven carries for 25 yards, not quite the game that we are expecting out of him. They had 20 rushes for 22 yards overall. Johnny Wilson and Keon Coleman, though, just continue to – I mean, they're just so good. They had 10 catches combined for 180 yards and two touchdowns. I don't even know who's the best out of the two. I thought it was Johnny Wilson coming into the year. Keon Coleman has outplayed him to this point. But Johnny Wilson is a guy who's 6'7", 240 and runs like a deer. Problem is, he struggles catching the ball, and we saw that in this game. And, you know, this game looked like Clemson was going to take it over. And then midway through the third quarter, or late in the third, we had a strip sack absolutely for Florida State, absolutely demolished K. Klubnik, strip sack, scoop and score, and that just flipped the whole momentum of this game. FSU ends up pulling it out by a touchdown, but what are your thoughts on this one? Yeah, that Klubnik hit late in the game was probably one of the more nastiest hits I've seen in college football in recent history. I mean, he got blown up, um, and that really did change the trajectory of the game, and I, and I agree with you. It allowed Florida State to get back into it, push it to overtime. Um, and that Keon Coleman catch at the first play of overtime was just nasty, but that's nothing we don't expect out of a top-tier wide receiver talent like Coleman. But like you said, I do want to give some props to Clemson here. I think they had a bolts. They played really well. Um, I just think it's very important that we get the opportunity to, you know, to talk about them. And I think Clemson's going to have some opportunities down the road, whether it's that Notre Dame game or maybe some other games that they're going to be able to bounce back. They've got a test this weekend in Syracuse. It really shouldn't be, but Syracuse is always one of those sneaky ACC teams that gives trouble to Clemson's and Florida State's of the old. So, I mean, I'll be excited to see how Dabo Sweetie has his boys ready to play this week against the Orange. All right, the next game, Penn State wins 31 to nothing at home against Iowa. And this was the game that made me actually believe in Penn State. Now, I don't think I was that good of a football team and, you know, we all know their offense is absolutely atrocious. That was one of the better defensive games I've ever seen out of the team against another ranked team. I will put up 76 total yards on 33 plays. Penn State had 215 yards along rushing. 
I mean, score 31 on this defense and then to hold them to nothing, it was just an absolute great performance by Penn State. Props to them. I think they're totally a contender, especially in the Big Ten. What are your thoughts? Oh, I mean, I've been higher on Penn State all year. I think this is James Franklin's most total team. The defense finally matches the explosiveness of the offense. I'm really excited to see the matchup against the likes of Michigan and Ohio State. We'll have to see how they look. But Drew Allier is a baller. He's, I know as a freshman quarterback, you never really want to choose or trust him, you know, for the lack of a better word. But he's done really well. Um, moving past that, one, it's an awful whiteout game. And I, and I feel for the fans of Penn State, you know, for them to have to burn it on Iowa. But this Iowa team, like you said, their defense is really good. Their offense is atrocious. I mean, it's it's the ta- it's the tail of the tail every year. It feels like with this with the Hawkeyes. Um, but once again, really total complete win out of the Nittany Lions, and I think it's only going to project them for better things in the future. All right, and then the last two games I want to mention really quickly. We're going back to the Pac-12, and I want to mention Utah wins a close one at home against UCLA, fourteen to seven. And then we had a really fun one, Washington State winning by three over our beloved Oregon State. And we're going to talk about Oregon State next as they have another big Pac-12 game. But what were your thoughts on these two close wins? Uh, Utah uh, wins a good one. Uh, They've got three Power 5 wins without their quarterback camp rising. It just shows that they're here to stay in that Pac-12 championship conversation. UCLA was a little disappointing, but I don't think it was anything unexpected. I, I know I wasn't high on UCLA, and I think you shared that sentiment as well. But to go over to the battle of the two-pack, um, what a great game, man. Uh, Cam Ward looked phenomenal in Washington State. Um, I, I really thought DJ Weongale and Jonathan Smith and the Beavers were going to go into Pullman and win this game. Um, I was a little shocked to see it, but Jake Digger did a great job of coaching his team all week. Um, really controlled the game from start to finish. It was only Closer due to a late Oregon State touchdown, really. Yeah, it was. I mean, Washington State controlled this one. Like you said, Cam Ward has looked great this year and is in the Heisman contention. But let's move on to this upcoming week. And Noah Jackson, I want y'all's picks for every game we're about to mention. Friday night, we have a fun one in the Pac-12. Utah travels to Oregon State. As you mentioned, Cam Rising has been out. He is expected to play in this one. Oregon State is a three-point favorite, but I'm picking the underdogs on the road. I know we've been high on this Oregon State team all year. This Utah team has been awesome without their star quarterback. They get him back. I know they may be a little rusty at times on offense with him back, but I think he's just going to be too much providing them a win. I think Utah wins this one by field goal on the road. What's your pick, Adam? I think this Cam Rising team, I think Cam Rising is going to be rusty. And I think the Utah team is very talented, but they've played too close of a game in UCLA at Baylor against some subpar teams, in my opinion. If Oregon State has no fans, I'm dead. I'm going to take the Beavers to bounce back. DJ Weongale to have a great game. They're my wagon this year. Give me the Beavs to win a big one at home. All right, Noah. Uh, I am going with Evan's pick as well. I don't think Kevin Rising is going to be all that good. His first game back, he hasn't played in – what, nine months, ten months. And his first game back against Oregon State should be a hostile crowd. And I think DJ, I have less name, DJ's going to have a good game. Oregon State's going to win. All right, Jackson. Exactly what Noah just said. I'll take Oregon State to win. All right, I'll take Utah all by myself. 
All right, next one, USC, Colorado. USC is a 21-and-a-half-point favorite. I think we all expect USC to win this one, but I do think this Colorado offense will be able to score a little more than what they just did on Oregon. USC's defense definitely has some holes in it, but Colorado's defense has way more. I expect a very high-scoring game. USC probably – I don't think they'll punt in this one. I, I don't know if they'll be held to a field goal on any possession. I think USC wins this one in a very high-scoring game, something around 63-28. to 28. What's your pick, Evan? Yeah, I really want to take uh, the Trojans to cover. But like you said, I think this Colorado team is going to score some points. I, I'm not, I do not trust the USC defense whatsoever. But I, I do want to trust them a little bit more than the Colorado defense, especially with the absence of Travis Hunter. Um, I'm going to take a slight cover. Give me something like 56-35. All right, Jackson. Uh, I'll take USC in a large victory against Colorado. As we, as we just witnessed last weekend, I don't think Colorado is for real like they think they are. I'll take USC by more than 21. All right, Noah. Now, I'm going to take the Colorado Buffs to win the game outright. No, you're not. I'm on. No. <laughs> USC by about 80. <laughs> All right, that's better. All right, next game, Florida at Kentucky. This is a game that Florida has dropped two, the last two times they've played. It's a game that Florida owned the series for most of the last 40 years, but the last 18 years, it's been an absolute dogfight for Florida. I think it just depends on which Florida team shows up. If it's the one that played Utah and Charlotte, then we're going to lose. If it's the team that showed up against Tennessee, though, we're, we should win this one handily. It's going to also depend on how can Devin Leary play and how does this Austin Armstrong defense hold up against him. I am going to pick my Florida Gators to win outright. They are one-point dog. I think they win this one by a touchdown. Evan, what's your pick? This game is in Lexington or Gainesville? Lexington. Yeah, I'll take Kentucky by three. All right, Noah? Um... I'll take Kentucky, I guess. <laughs> I'll rock with the Florida Gators this weekend. I think they're all around just a – they've been playing a lot better than we thought they would this year, and I think they're going to get a nice win in Kentucky this weekend. All right, next one, Georgia and Auburn. This is the first week we've got to talk about both of our teams as they're actually playing some halfway decent opponents. Well, I don't know if we can call Auburn that, but you know they're playing a conference game, and – you know, Georgia goes on the road to Jordan Air, which is a very hostile environment. I do think that Georgia takes care of business. I think they win handily. Auburn cannot score on offense. Give me Georgia by 20. What's your pick, Evan? What's the spread in this game? Is it 14 and a half? 14 and a half? Yeah, we'll cover that. Um, I said it earlier. I think it's a 38-17 game, 21-point um, you know, victory. I think this game is going to be a little slower. I don't think we'll get out to the halt start that we had last week at UAB. I think it'll be more South Carolina. I don't think we'll trail, and if we do, it won't be for as long as we did to South Carolina. Carson Beck's going to have some shakes in his first road start. I mean, for those who don't know, Georgia hasn't left Athens yet this season. Um, so, and especially like you said, Georgia Hare's a hostile environment. The Auburn team's got some rejuvenation. They're three and one. Um, so, I mean, hey, I, I think at the end of the day, it's going to be important that the Georgia team keeps their mind straight, don't let the noise get to them. 
But I think Kirby will have them. I'll take the dogs 38-17. All right, Jackson. Uh, I've got Georgia in this one, but I do have in a low-scoring, ugly game like we always have with Auburn. Big five win. Uh, yeah, something like that. <laughs> I think we might stretch it out later in the game, maybe like a 17-18 point win for the dogs. All right, Noah. Does Auburn have any chance to keep this close? Keep it close, sure, but to win, absolutely not. All right, so what you got, Georgia by what? Um, going into halftime, it'll be like a touchdown game, I think. It'll be of course very low scoring, like a thirteen to six going to halftime. Second half, I think Georgia makes adjustments. So it'll wind up being a twenty-seven to thirteen game. All right. Let's move to the Big 12. We have Kansas traveling to Texas, and I think this one's going to be a very fun one. I think my household's going to be with me on this one, Evan. You might disagree, but I think Kansas keeps this one close. We all like Kansas in this household. I think they're a good football team. I think they definitely cover the 16-and-a-half, but I do think Texas wins this one by probably 7-10. and 10. What's your pick, Evan? I really want to take the Jayhawks outright, quite honestly with you, but this game is in Austin. Uh, this team's a little better than last year's team, obviously. I, I will agree, Kansas will cover, but Texas will probably squeak this one out by seven. All right, Noah, what's your pick? Um, what's the spread on the game? Sixteen and a half. I'll take Texas to win by seventeen. All right, Jackson, what's your pick? As much as I love Kansas, I do think Texas is for real, and I think they have their way with Kansas this weekend. They do cover, and I think it'll be, like Noah said, 17-18 All right, LSU travels to Ole Miss. Ole Miss trying to bounce back against their loss to Bama. LSU is, you know, they struggled very mightily this week against Arkansas, and – I don't know who's going to bounce back of these two. I think this is a very competitive game, very confusing game. I could see either team winning. I do think LSU wins and barely covers the two and a half. Give me LSU by four. What's your pick, Evan? Yeah, I, I guess I'm taking LSU. I think this game is really prevalent on really the question of who's going to win the SEC West because nobody looks good. Or, or let's rephrase it, nobody looks great. I mean, Bama, Ole Miss, LSU. I mean, because if Ole Miss can win this game, you've now got – Alabama with a win, or I mean Alabama be in the driver's seat, but you know LSU still plays Bama later this year, and I don't think it's out of the realm for Alabama to lose that. I am going to take the Tigers close, but I really would place this game as a pickup in my opinion, uh, kind of fifty-fifty, but I, I will take the Tigers. All right, Jackson. Uh, I'm on rock with the Tigers this weekend too. Big uh, Jaden Daniels guy. I know Jackson Dart has been for real this year, but I do love Jaden Daniels and we've done LSU this year. Noah? I'm taking LSU easily. I don't think it's going to be close. Lane Kiffin, he doesn't know how to win the big game. Of teams that have won nine games during the season, Lane Kiffin has only won two of them in his career, and they're at USC and Tennessee. He hasn't won the big game at Ole Miss. He doesn't know how to, and he's not going to win this week. All right. Last one I want to talk about. Notre Dame travels to Duke. This is where college game day is. Notre Dame is a six-point favorite. I think they win this and cover fairly handily. I'm not quite the believer on Duke that most people are, and I think this Notre Dame team's a great team. I think Sam Hartman bounces back. Give me Notre Dame by 14. What's your pick, Evan? 
I don't know if I got on my 14, but I, I'm going to agree. Notre Dame gets a big bounce back win. Give me them by seven. Slight cover. All right, Noah. Notre Dame wins by 20. <laughs> he was over here talking crap. He's about to pull the trigger on Duke. Notre Dame wins by one score. All right. And the last thing from college football I really want to talk about is Mel Tucker has finally been fired. You know, we won't get into quite all the allegations and stuff, but a lot of sexual harassment allegations, and they are apparently coming true as he just got fired this morning officially. Do you have any thoughts on this situation? Again, I don't want to comment on stuff that I don't fully know, but I I, I do know the allegations, and I know if Michigan State's going to fire him, with calls for that huge contract, there's got to be some proof. And if that, and if the allegations are mostly or completely true, he's got to go. Yeah. All right. Well, I do want to do one more thing in college football. And I want to get at least your top five. You can go into your top ten, but, you know, college football has been very confusing this year, and I just want to hear your top five. I'll go ahead and hit mine off real quick while you're thinking. I have Georgia at number one. I have USC, a team that I'm a lot higher on than most people, at number two. I have another Pac-12 team at number three in Washington, who maybe have looked like the most complete team in college football this year so far. Number four is Texas, who had a huge win against Bama this year. And then number five, Michigan. That is my top five. I have FSU just sitting out of it at six. What's your top five? Georgia one, Washington two. Michigan three, Texas or excuse me, Texas three, Michigan four, Florida State five. All right. Um, do you have anything else in college football before we move on? Nope. I, I do hate to do this, but we need to move along quickly. I've got some other stuff going on today. All right. Um, let's talk about the Dolphins scoring seventy on the Broncos, and this was. I didn't even believe this score when I first saw it. I thought it was a typo. I thought it was 20 to 7. Dolphins were losing. Then I saw the extra zero. I was like, oh. Uh, Tua had a great game through for 309, four touchdowns. Both their running backs, Devon Achain and Raheem Mostert, had great games, both with four touchdowns apiece. And this was the fourth time ever that a team has scored 70 points in a game. They were three away from breaking the record. What are your thoughts on this Dolphins strong start? Yeah, Dolphins team absolutely exploded on offense this, this weekend. It'll be huge, huge win for Miami, huge demoralizing loss for the Broncos. And something I thought was interesting is after the game, even though he went by A-chain all throughout college and all throughout his rookie season, he corrected the reporter finally. He said, I'm finally confident to tell you it's A-chant, which I thought was interesting. We know what's funny is we were watching the Pat McAfee show the other day, and they were debating that the whole time. Schefter was on there saying it was A-Champ. And then Pat McAfee had – or no, later Schefter had somebody call him and say it was A-Champ. So I'm still confused at the whole situation. Don't Me as well. <laughs> All right. Well, the last game I want to talk about is the Arizona Cardinals get their first win of the season, and they've been – very competitive in their first three games. They knock off the Dallas Cowboys, who were sitting at 2-0 and and looking very, very good on this short season so far. But Josh Dobbs looked good this past week through for 189 on four incompletions. Did have a touchdown. James Conner's been looking great so far this year. Hollywood Brown had another good game. What are your thoughts on this Cardinals team and how they've been competitive so far? 
Yeah, I mean, I, I think it's really interesting how Joshua Dobbs has been able to play with that team. We thought this team was going to be far and out of the way, the worst team in the NFL, but they've been way more competitive than people gave them credit for. Um, I'm excited to see. I think more than anything, this is the audition for Joshua Dobbs to get a more stable role in the NFL. Um, and, and I'm okay with that because I think he's a decent quarterback. He's played pretty well in these first three games. Um, you know, kind of could be similar to a Jacoby Brissett type role. All right. That's all I have in the NFL. Let's get our bold predictions real quick. Do you have one yet? Uh, no. Come back to me. All right. Uh, let me look at the slate real quick. I had not gotten one. I'm going to go to the world of college football. I got you one. All right. What you got, Jackson? Falcons and Jags play at 930 <laughs> this weekend overseas. The over-under is set at 43 and a half. They will not combine for 20 points. Okay. My God. I don't hate that. <laughs> I wake up Sunday morning to watch the Falcons, and I'm seeing like 18 combined points. I'm losing my mind. <laughs> yeah. I'll be on the way back from Atlanta. I'm going up there to a Braves game Saturday. Um, I, I got one. I'll take South Carolina to win outright at Tennessee this week. They're 11-and-a-half-point dogs. Tennessee struggle in this early season. South Carolina can either look really good or really poor at times, depending on how Spencer Rattler plays. I think he has a big game this weekend. I think they knock off Tennessee on the road. I, I, yeah, I, I was going to agree with you right there. I do like South Carolina this week against Tennessee. I know we didn't get to talk about that game, but I think this Tennessee team's kind of on a spiral and it just gets worse this weekend. Beaver ball gets a marquee win again. Uh, but more than anything, the best, I, I think my bow prediction has got to go to baseball. The Braves, well, there's five games left in the season. Ronald Acuna, 41 home runs, 68 steals. And I don't want to say it, but he's not been running lately, and I don't know if that's safety or injury or if he just doesn't care. I think he falls short. I'll take him at four. Uh, maybe gets another home run or two, but he stays at 69 steals and does not get second. All right. Well, Noah, did you ever come up with a oh, yeah. prediction? Uh, first, George Southern is going to beat the living hell out of Coastal Carolina. Yes. Georgia Southern is going to win by 50. They're going to put up 70. No. Win by 50. No. <laughs> Diggs. Okay. Uh, my actual one is Mississippi State keeps it close against Alabama in the fourth quarter and has a – I don't think they'll have a chance to win, but they'll keep it with that touchdown game in the fourth quarter. I actually agree with that one as well. I, I'm okay with that. I could see a little hangover from last week. All right. Well, do you have any last words? Uh, I mean, I really hope Akuti gets 70. I just want to clarify. I will be really happy if my prediction's wrong. I'm just worried because he's not running. It's not even that he's getting caught. He just hasn't ran since he got to 68. What was that, four games ago? Yeah. Well, I hope you're on too. We'll see. But as we wrap it up, go Braves, go Hawks, and go Falcons. <laughs>